Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. This week begins our stewardship series titled A Deeper Well. This series will focus on how we can live into lives of abundance, not scarcity. What Christ offers us is deeper than what the world offers us. The church is like a well. We need it to survive. But it can also be exhausting. It is dug by our hands and the water we draw from it is hefted by our own tired arms. Yet the water is Christ's and it is life-giving. Commit this year to sacrificing with us to dig this well, but also to drawing deeply from it when you are in need of grace, mercy, and comfort. In this message of the week from October 3rd, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from John 4 and tells us the story of the Samaritan woman at the well and her encounter with Jesus and his living water. Here is the First Church message of the week. So today, as Sandy commented, we're going to start talking about wells over the next couple weeks. We are starting a new sermon series that is titled A Deeper Well. Um, A Deeper Well is our theme of this year's stewardship series. And as we talk about stewardship, I hope that it is something a little more for us this year, perhaps than usual, both for you and for me. In part, I say that because I chose this series for this month because there's something about the life-giving importance of water that has always been with me. Water is one of those things that we need to survive. It's true for us here in Watertown, right? You're welcome. I love a good pun. And it's true for any one or thing that has ever lived, right? Any plant or animal in the history of the world, we need water to survive. And of course we need varying amounts of it, but it is this very source of life, of water, that both unites and bonds us in ways that I don't think we always fully realize. And part of our need for this life-sustaining water is evident not just in the ways that we use it in worship, such as in baptism, but also in some of the stories we tell. Scripture is full of stories that happen around water. And more specifically, it is full of stories that take place around the source of water, meaning water wells. And so as analogies go, water wells have a lot to teach us, especially when we think about how deep they are, right? And how the deeper that they are willing and able to go, the more they have to offer us. That's true in our own spiritual lives too, isn't it? Wells teach us about the importance of caring for ourselves because like the well, we have to be well cared for. And the more we care for ourselves, the more we are able to give to others around us. This helps us focus on abundance and all that we already have. And the more that we do these things, the more we are able to overcome that scarcity thinking that can often get us down, that's really easy to turn to, isn't it? When we fear that we will never have or be enough. Perhaps best of all, I appreciate that like us, a well is not meant to be left idle or to keep what it has to itself. It knows that its purpose is to give and to share what it has with all around it. And so by nature of the sustenance the well offers, wells are important gathering places too, 
All throughout scripture, we know, as Sandy said, that no one can survive without making a trip to the well. Even when it doesn't mean those trips are easy, even when those trips don't come without challenge or heartache, we know that they're always worth it. There is a lot more that we can and will say about the importance of water wells and how they parallel with our spiritual lives, but before I get too far into some of those, I thought we would jump in and read one of these stories that happens around a well together. The reading I chose for today is from the Gospel of John in chapter 4, beginning in verse 4. It says, Jesus had to go through Samaria. He came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, which was near the land Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Jesus was tired from his journey, so he sat down at the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to the well to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me some water to drink. His disciples had gone into the city to buy him some food. The Samaritan woman asked, why do you, a Jewish man, ask for something to drink from me, a Samaritan woman? Jews and Samaritans didn't associate with each other. Jesus responded, If you recognized God's gift and who is saying to you, give me some water to drink, you would be asking him, and he would give you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you don't have a bucket, and the well is deep. Where would you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? He gave this well to us, and he drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks from the water that I give will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become, in those who drink it, a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and will never need to come here to draw water. Here ends our reading today. Let's pray together. Lord God, as we draw near to the depth of your wells, may you open our ears anew that we might hear you more clearly. Open our eyes that we might see you more clearly and our hearts that we might love you more deeply. Rid us, O God, from any and all distractions so that all that we see and hear and know and feel and speak are of you. Amen. So I have a colleague who runs a weekly chapel service for nursing home residents who are living with dementia or Alzheimer's. And something that I find fascinating about her work is that unlike pastors and local churches, she finds that she doesn't preach. She only reads a verse or two of the Bible, and even then it's only the greatest hits, right? The ones that we all know or have heard, mostly during their time together She sings, and her congregation, many of whom are silent the rest of the week, they sing with gusto alongside her. Many of them who are living with severe cases of dementia 
don't even remember their own names. They can't remember what day of the week it is. They don't remember whether or not they have children. But they know amazing grace, all four verses. They know the Lord's Prayer. They know the 23rd Psalm. My friend says that sometimes she would like to sing something different or branch out from the standard scriptures, but she knows what this hour means to them. It is a chance for them to connect with the deepest parts of themselves, parts of themselves that their illness has all but shut away. In an interview with Religion News, there's a geropsychologist, Benjamin Mass, who talked about the importance of some of our longest held memories. Things like hymns or scriptures that we've known since our childhood. He says that if you ask a person who's been deeply affected by Alzheimer's about something that happened yesterday, you're going to their weakness in terms of memory. But if we can engage them, for example, in the context of faith services with older songs and hymns that they've known for many years, we're meeting them where they are strong. We're meeting them where they are strong. We all have strong places in our lives, don't we? Often, I don't think we know what they are, or when, or how, or where we're going to need them. I wonder if we would have answers if I asked today what your strong places might look like. I wonder if Alzheimer's came for me one day where my strong places would reside and what hymns I might know best. In the scripture reading that we heard from John 4 today, I can't help but to think that the water well at which Jesus and the Samaritan woman meet this day is one of the strong places in this woman's life. This well meant a lot to her, and as she tells us here, it meant a lot to her family for generations past as well. It is the place that they have counted on for water and for sustenance of life. It is a well that keeps giving, she tells us, because the well is deep. This tiny little detail that I admit I've never noticed before when reading this passage, it's an important one. Important because a deep well is a good thing. It means that it's more likely to sit below the water table and to offer a constant source of water, even if that water level were to drop at some point. But a deep well also means something else. It means that it likely takes a lot of strength to pull that bucket of water up and out of the well. Have you ever, anybody here ever had to carry a gallon or a five-gallon bucket of water someplace? Is it easy? No. Imagine now that you had to walk a mile each way just to fetch that water and then to turn around and when you get there to pull it up painstakingly one pull at a time to get that water out of the well only to turn around and carry it all the way home. And then imagine that you didn't just do that once or twice, but imagine you had to do that for water you used for everything, for cooking, for cleaning, for drinking, for bathing, for everything. That kind of work is not for the faint of heart. 
And today, today's World Communion Sunday, and it's a good day for us to reflect on how people live around the world. And the truth is millions of people around the world still have to do this today. Many for water that isn't even sanitary to start with, but it's the only thing they have access to. For them, I'm sure they wish for a deeper well, the kind that it takes work to pull water up from, because they know that the fruits of their labor of working hard to pull forth water directly from the earth's water table, that would be worth it because that water is likely good and far more sanitary than other sources people rely on, such as like a lake bed or something. Can you imagine drinking from Blink Compesca? I've been thinking a lot this week about that. I've done a lot of work in my life raising money and awareness for clean water projects around the world. And so as I picture those communities I've worked with, I picture also this strong woman drawing water from the well at high noon in the hottest part of the day. And there's a lot to be said about why she might be there then. But at the very, very basic point, drawing water from the well in this moment for her, well, like many things in our lives, it's hard. It's likely that this is so much a part of her routine that maybe she doesn't even think twice about it anymore. Or maybe that's not true. Maybe the fact is she does it because she has to for survival, but she would readily admit that she wishes she didn't have to. I wonder if any of us have things like that in our lives, things that are a lot of work, that take commitment, that require us to be disciplined and strong, the things that take up time in our lives, that aren't always easy, but we know that they will be worth it. Worth it because we know that sometimes the things that are hardest for us to do are also the most important things for us to do. In our lives, like a well, it's important for us to dig deep, to pull from within us the strength and the courage to do the things that will sustain us. It's easy to lose track of our disciplines, such as skipping a day at the gym. That's an easy example, isn't it? But maybe it's easy to skip other things too, like making time to pray or opening our Bibles and devotional books. Maybe for you, it's something like the truth that I think many of us are too quick to think that we can do something on our own and we don't need the help of people around us who are offering to help us or share our burdens, especially in tough times. Surely I'm not the only one who relates to that. I think that this nameless woman in the scripture passage from John 4 would relate to this as she stands there talking to this guy, Jesus, whom she doesn't seem to know. I'm struck by as they stand there, by how as they stand there talking, they're both talking about water, but did you notice they're not talking about the same thing? Anybody ever have a conversation like that too, where you think you know what you're talking about only later to discover you were not on the same page at all, right? She is standing there talking about physical water from the well and giving Jesus a drink from her bucket. But Jesus is talking about a different kind of well. 
He's talking about that well that lives within us, the well that can be filled by God alone, the well that Jesus promises us can never, ever run dry. But whoever drinks from the water that I give, Jesus says, will never be thirsty again. The water that I give will become in those who drink it a spring of water that bubbles up into eternal life. Can you imagine this promise as Jesus promises us we will never be thirsty again? More than that, I imagine the woman hearing this promise is an assurance that she's not going to have to work so hard to draw that water up from the well each and every day, maybe sometimes multiple times a day. She's not going to have to work so hard to have a drink of water, a promise to never have to work with her sore and tired and aching arms as she pushes on for mere survival. I imagine she hears these words in that framework and pictures an opportunity to rest while someone else offers her a drink for a change. Sir, she says, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty and I will never need to come here to draw water. Do you hear her hope and her longing in those words? Her readiness to live into this invitation and this promise. An invitation and a promise, mind you, that isn't just there for her, but it's there for us today too. Because Jesus wasn't talking about the kind of well that holds H2O in it, right? Jesus is talking about the wells of our lives that live within us. About the well that is this church and our faith community. He was talking about that well that offers to give us life, to fill us with hope, to remind us that always it is full of grace, even when we aren't sure we deserve it. That God will pour forth love in the purest of form as only God can offer it. And each of these wells, our lives, our church, our community, there is one thing that is consistent. Friends, the well that we draw from is our own. But the water that sustains us is God's. And so may we draw near to that life-giving water. May we draw deeply from within and know that not only does Jesus long for you to rest into this assurance that he will provide for you all that you need, but also that you are invited to draw deep within yourself, to give generously and share from what God has already given you. Because God longs for you to share more and more of your time and in your energy as we care for one another. To share of our resources, of time and energy, of our prayers and our presence, and of our finances. Specifically, as we prepare to make our financial commitments here to First Church in a couple of weeks, I want to invite you to dig deep as we seek to be generous givers. Ensuring that ministry will not only continue, but grow here at First Church in 2022 and beyond. I want to invite you to dig deep and to know 
that just as we are invited to give generously of all we have and of all we are, so too are we invited to sit on the other side of that coin and to rest between these moments of drawing forth that life-giving, thirst-quenching water. To rest into Christ's invitation to draw near, acknowledging that God is our water that sustains us, that fills us with grace and mercy and comfort. And so with that assurance behind us, friends, may we draw together and remember that as we are called to do our best to care for one another, to dig deep and live generously, we are invited to focus not just on those things that are difficult, but also those things that make us strong. Also those things that help us to meet one another in our strongest of places. Let's pray together. Faithful and loving God, as we know that you meet us in our strongest places, may we also encounter one another and honor one another by meeting one another where we are, by digging deep to cherish all you have given us that we might share it with the world around us. Help us, O oh God, to be faithful this and every day as we seek to honor you with all that we are and all that we do and all that we draw forth to bless the world around us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.